We are back for day two with our fabulous guest co-host of the week, Jennifer Goforth-Gregory. As you listen to today's episode, I'm hoping that you'll walk away with one really important idea. There is no one way to run a business. You need to make your business your own. You need to learn all of the things from all of the amazing people out there like Jennifer. But in the end, you need to tailor your business and how you deal with your clients to your personality and your business style. You do that so that you can grow a business you love. And that's what really matters. Let's dive right into today's question, which is all about clients who tend to micromanage the process. If you're a freelancer, business owner, or anyone who deals with clients, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Teresa Edmond. I've been dealing with clients and running my business for nearly two decades. And in that time, I've dealt with my share of doubt, imposter syndrome, and not knowing what to say when a client asks a question I wasn't ready for. I created this podcast to empower you with the boss responses you need to grow your business. Each week, my guest co-host and I will bring you five episodes packed with practical insights. Monday through Thursday, we answer your questions. And Fridays, we dive deep to explore how our co-hosts embrace their role as the boss of their business. Welcome to Boss Responses. My special guest host this week is Jennifer Goforth-Gregory, and we are on day two. Jennifer, what is the question? So this is one that I've, I've heard a lot as well. A writer will come up to me and say that they are new to freelancing and they've got a situation they don't know what to do. And I often hear that they're excessively micromanaging the project. They tell me that they know the design is important and they want to make sure that their clients are happy, but they're constantly getting request updates and changes, which is making it hard to be creative and productive. I've heard from some writers say that maybe they're sensitive because their last boss was a micromanager. And, and this isn't really what they want as being a freelancer. Is there a way to address it while still maintain a positive relationship with the client? What do you think? Yes and no. It can go either way because sometimes the professional or positive relationship with the client doesn't depend on you. Sometimes it depends on the client. This is a boundaries issue. It sounds like they're treating the people more like an employee than an expert, which is what freelancers are. And I see this a lot. I got into learning about client management because I had the most toxic of all toxic clients. Communication is what you need. I recommend that people stop situations like this before they start by doing client management from their very first communication. So that might be your discovery call. Set the tone on that. Set yourself up as an expert and then go on. In this situation where it's already happening, this is not usually something you can deal with in an email. You need to schedule a call with the client and say, we're having a bit of a working issue. And then make yourself a bullet-pointed agenda and go down it. Just make sure you hit all of your points. Say, I know that you really want this project to go well. Let's go through all of your expectations and concerns so that I can make sure I have those front of mind. And then list your expectations and concerns. Really clearly delineate to them what your communication policy is, how often you're going to respond to them, and how long it's going to take. I also recommend you never give them your cell phone number. 
have a Google voice number if you want to. Um, so those are my things. How do you deal with it, Jennifer? So I take the absolute opposite approach. The two, two things. One is I respond immediately to every client. I try to get back with them pretty quickly. And I give client cell phone numbers all the time. I don't have the energy and time to set boundaries with people. So I only work with people that aren't going to be a pain in the butt. And I know other writers will schedule emails. I'm not going to do that. If I see it in the middle of the night, I'm going to respond. And my clients know I get back with them quickly when I can. And if I don't get back, it means I'm not available right that minute. And they don't like people say that they expect it, but I don't think they do. I think it means they know I'm responsive. And if I don't, then I, that means there's a reason. And if someone can't be reasonable to work with, I just don't work with them anymore. I'm pretty hard and fast on that. The other thing that I would, so in this case, what I would do is step back and see if there's something easy that you can do to fix it. I also offer unlimited revisions and I market myself as that. However, in the opening call, I say I offer unlimited revisions. However, to get, and what that means is if I don't meet your expectations, I'm going to work on it until I get it what you want. However, what that doesn't mean is we, it, that doesn't mean you can change things unlimited times. And I say here are the, the ways that I work to get that is one, every person who needs to sign off on something must look at it in the beginning. We're going to have review cycles. We're not just going to, we're not just going to change things. And I do an outline, especially with a micromanaging client. I do an outline and everybody has to look at it. And I typically only have one or two review cycles, even on big projects. I also require that if there's multiple reviewers, that a client person goes through it and figures out what I need to do because that's not my job to manage their internal politics. So uh, someone needs to go through and figure out which ones are just people arguing with each other and which ones to fix. But I want to point out, those are really strong boundaries and you set them up at the very beginning. So you still set up the client management so that you don't have to deal with this after the fact. Correct. And But my boundaries are that when, when someone respects that and I like them, I, I don't mind getting back with them because, yeah, correct. And, and so it's setting the boundaries that matter to you. I I could not, I would go nuts if I scheduled emails or didn't respond. <laughs> I would forget. And so the whole point is you have to do what works for you and your personality and your productivity and what makes you happy and what makes you do your best work. And if a client isn't helping create that environment for you, I don't think you should work with them because a client that's not a fit for you, you earn so much less money than one that's a fit. But yeah, you're correct. It's boundaries, but my boundaries are different than other people's. Most of my clients have myself, but guess what? They don't use them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I only pick clients that aren't going to send me stupid texts. And that's what you do. I have a Google voice number for my business because I was choosing clients who I would fall into this situation. I'm friendly. I'm a friendly person. And they take that friendliness as the ability to take advantage sometimes, which I have learned over time not to do that. So I choose clients now who respect me. And then they raise the level of the conversation, which that's a huge. But when I was starting out 
and I kept getting in these micromanaging situations, it was because I wasn't setting boundaries. I was giving them way too much freedom. And now client management to me is not about a power play. It is about setting up a relationship where both parties are getting absolutely the most out of the situation. So to me, that's what it is. And a lot of people, I'm like, you need to manage your clients. And they're like, power play. I'm going to tell my client what to do. No, that is the wrong thing to do. And that's the wrong thing in this situation. Even in this conversation, because you're already in the middle of it, you need to find a win situation for this, find a compromise. And then at the end of the project, you decide, did the client kind of shape up and we're going to be able to work together in the future? Or do we just walk away after this one? Exactly. And I wanted to come up, mention one other thing. We talked about changes. So when I said I do unlimited revisions, that's different than change of scope. And I have that conversation right up front. And so I say, um, so I always have a conversation with a client. I see if they're a fit for me personally. If I don't like them, then I'm not going to work with them. And then I talk about this. And depending on their reaction, if they're like, oh my gosh, that's how I like to work, then I'll work with them. If they're not for it, I, I, I usually say no. But what I also say is, so unlimited revisions doesn't mean you can change the scope. I said, what I do is once we get into change, I know changes happen and that's part of it. I said, however, what I do is I go back and I look at the original assignment and I look at where we are now. And if the assignment would be pretty different than where we have landed, then there's going to be a change of scope conversation. And just know that when I bring that up, that that's what that is. And I say, I've only had to do that a few times, but when I do, the client always agrees with me that yes, we have interchange of scope. And the other thing that I recommend is if you walk away from a situation, it's really easy to think either you suck or the client sucks. And it's actually neither. It's just that you're not a fit. And so what I always do, let's say you walk away because the micromanaging isn't right. I go back and I sit down and I think about signs that I could have caught from the beginning that we weren't a fit. And I use that to refine my client picking process. Yeah, Um, that's important right there. But it's so easy to say, this is a bad client or I suck. And neither one helps you learn and grow and pick clients better that are fit for you. Your ideal client's different than my ideal client. And we really, all of us, the way you make money is by working with clients where you're going to be their favorite freelancer. And the best way that you figure that out is by picking the wrong ones. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn. That's part of being a professional. And anyone listening to this podcast that's a freelancer, you're a business owner. You need to improve your business practices constantly in order to grow your business to whatever point you want to grow it to. There's no right or wrong with this. There there are wrong ways to deal with clients, but when it comes to how you deal with them, as you have really strong client management practices and you strive to constantly improve those over time, then it's going to end up in win situations one after another. And then eventually you're going to have your rosters so full of referred clients that you're not going to have to look for clients anymore. That's just the way it works. Completely agree. The one thing I do want to caution people is so people like that do what works for you because don't be afraid to do things that seem different because 
it's against the rules. Do what works for you. I do things so weird than other freelancers. And that is totally fine because it works for me. And you have to have the courage to design the business that's uniquely fit for you. And that is where you make the money. That is where you're happy. And that is where you do your best work. But you have to be willing to listen to other freelancers, take the ideas, listen to us, but ultimately have the courage to to do what's the unique fit for your strengths, weaknesses, personality, and goals. Only set stronger boundaries if you need to. I completely agree. That is a very good way of saying that. And work to find clients that that naturally respect your boundaries because you work similarly. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. I'll talk to you on the next question tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us for future episodes of Boss Responses. If you would like to learn more about Jennifer and the resources she's currently offering, check out the show notes for the episode.